Hey, welcome back to another episode of Spellstorm Miniatures. My name is Jeremiah, and I have uh, a really fun episode for you today. This is our birthday episode. This is the month that we started this podcast something like four years ago. It was it was just originally Dan and me. And so to celebrate, what I decided to do is bring on some friends. And so I've got Perry and Curtis with me. Great to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and you guys are returning guests. You guys have been on the show before. And I, I love the conversations that we've had. And so today, you're going to help me do something that that I've been thinking about for a little while, and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be, I'm going to make an announcement here, just some, just a minute to our listeners, um, but you guys are going to help me uh, basically sunset the podcast. So uh, as I mentioned at the top of, of the show, this is our birthday episode. We started this podcast in October, uh, four years ago, and uh, we had all the ambition in the world of, of uh, being a, a, just a, just a positive place for people. Uh, we wanted to inspire people to play more games, and I believe we've we've done that. We've we, we've done that through you know uh, during normal times, during COVID times, and 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 post COVID times, and and things like that. But um, but you know, there's been some changes. You know, last year both Dan and Chad rolled off um, as being co-hosts for the show, and and this last year I've been. Um, uh, continuing the show um, less regularly than I would like, and uh, had some had some very good episodes this last year, uh, but but like I said, I think it's time to maybe hit the pause button on this project and see what comes later, what comes after that. And so today, in the meantime, we're going to have a party. We got Curtis. We got Perry, and uh, we're going to be talking about just fun things that we enjoy about the hobby. And I have a special question that I have never asked anyone before to talk about. And so, uh, and so that's that's the thing that I'm really excited about too. And so we're going to learn something new about about Curtis and Perry, and even myself. Something that that I don't know if I've ever shared with anybody uh, relating to the hobby. So. But uh, but let's talk about some highlights. So you guys have been following along the show, and you guys have been supporters of the show. Uh, what are some of the things that you've enjoyed over, over the last couple of years, or maybe the last year especially? Because that's something that we usually do in the birthday episode. We talk about some of the things that you know that we were able to achieve the la- the previous year. So uh, either one of you, why don't you guys go? Uh, I guess for me, I I, I just uh, you know during COVID time, it seemed like a lot of people really got into hobbying and painting and uh, trying out different stuff. So uh, for me, uh, I certainly enjoy the Discord community um, and talking to all the folks on there. And uh, I started going back to um, uh, Rune and Board, the game store in Hillsboro uh, earlier this spring and, you know, meeting some of these people that I had been talking to for the last couple of years that I had, I had not met. So that has, um, has been enjoyable. Um, and, uh, I, I kind of got back into Warhammer 40 K after being out of it for about 13, 14 years. And so it's just been, um, fantastic re-engaging with it and then meeting some of these people that are getting into it 
and watching them kind of discover a lot of the lore for the first time and getting into painting and uh, getting in some casual games with those folks on Mondays and um, and just talking about gaming and talking about other games. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, it's that that's that's been what I've been happy about in in the last year. Nice. And you've been a, and you've been very good about introducing other people too. You've been you've been bringing people along into the into the hobby, introducing them to forty k and and helping them with their with their armies and stuff like that too. So you've I've, been I've been trying. I I mean I've got two little kids and a job, so when I have the spare time, yeah. But I I have been trying to do that for sure because um, I think you know for a lot of people it's kind of intimidating, right? You uh, yeah you know there's all these books. There's like a huge uh, a library of video games that maybe exposed people and then they go to the game store and there's just like a wall and a half of, of, you know, 20 <laughs> different factions. What do they, they do? These, <laughs> they see these people playing on these giant boards with full color terrain. And they're like, what is, what is even going on? Um, and, you know, I, I'll mention the discord and, and just, you know, yeah. there's certainly, there's a range between, you know, casual play and all the way up to competitive. And I think there's, you know, there's room for all of that. Um, and, and, and that's what I try to talk to people about. Like, Hey, it's okay to like be a casual enjoyer of Warhammer. Um, though I've been trying to get more into the competitive scene. I'm still enjoying the casual scene and, and certainly, um, talking with people over the, over the Spellstorm discord has been very enjoyable about that. Um, nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Right on. What about you, Curtis? Well, I mean, I have a vested interest in it, but I really enjoyed the fact that, I mean, I like your interviews with people. You bring in people from game companies, sometimes I've never heard of, but uh, I thought it was really nice to be able to have Matt Wilson on a couple of times. Yeah. Get a chance to talk to him about, you know, just the business side of things, which I think people don't, you know, really get a chance to hear. But then yeah. also the fact that he was generous enough to come on after, you know, Mark IV was announced and yeah. have some words on that. I've enjoyed both interviews with him, but I really liked the second one a lot. That was, that was a good interview. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, you know, it's, I think again, all these companies, it's not just privateer press, but I think right. a lot of these companies, if you find the right person who, you know, has passion for what they're doing and you get a chance to talk to them about it, even if it's not just the game, it's like, how yeah. did you get to work now? What made you decide to do this? You know, it's, it's really, neat to hear their story as they you know kind of unwind the thread for you to see yeah yeah uh, earlier this year i had a chance to interview carl from war games atlantic and he's an excellent example of someone who's was hyped about his product and you know and super jazzed about the company they worked for and 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 their contributions to the hobby and of course you know we meandered because just like everyone else, he plays multiple games. You know, I saw in his background he had multiple armies that he was painting for and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it it makes it easy to have an interview with someone who actually really likes you know what they what they're doing. You know, <laughs> yeah, and Absolutely. I think that's it. Also helps that I mean people aren't just one dimensional. It's right. not just my definition is I work for this company, therefore that's the only thing I have an interest yeah. in. You know, you want to hear what is all the outliers or what are things that yeah. like. You, you play that nobody has ever heard of that p other people might be interested in, you know, just going down rabbit holes sometimes really yeah. kind of can like spark ideas for people. Oh man. You know, so when we first started the show, it was, it was a war machine centric podcast. Right. And, and what I quickly learned is very few people 
actually only play one game. You know, most people have, you know, a couple model ranges from, you know, from a couple of games and they do a couple, you know, and they kind of have their main game. And that is true. They spend most of their energy. But and and when I experienced that sort of like aha moment and the freedom to be able to say, oh, you mean I could play this as well? That sort of changed the whole hobby for me. So so for me, it, it's, you know, it's been fun to, to interview people from, you know, from all across the hobby with different, you know, different companies and stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many games out there and I think there's, you know, I think everyone probably has, here's my main game. Here's my secondary games, you know, games. And then I have games I'd like to play, but I can't find people. Yeah. And then I have games I'm interested, but I don't want to invest the money. Yeah. And then there's other things you're just like, well, I like the miniatures. I'm going to buy them. I don't know if the game is good or not. Right. I mean, there's so many different yeah. aspects to that. It's you know, everyone has those stories. Yeah. Yeah. We're all going to be retired one day in a in a retirement home and playing games all day long. <laughs> can't be, wait. That'll be instead of bingo. It's just going to be there's going to be card and board gaming tables set mm. up and. And D&D night, yeah. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. Uh, one of my favorite episodes this last year was, uh, uh, I like to highlight, uh, you know, local people who are involved in the hobby. And uh, and I had Alyssa on. And I met Alyssa standing outside at the Warhammer store in Tannisborn. We were waiting for it to open up. I think it was like one of the, like the Warhammer days. And they had like these, all these promos. And so yeah. there was like a long line all the way down yeah, the yeah, line, yeah. you know. And, you know, and we just started talking and and immediately just kind of became friends. And she was talking about some some model that she was working on. And turns out she is an amazing, amazing painter, uh, just like you guys are. And and so and she actually submits every month to the, you know, the competitions and stuff at the Warhammer store. And uh, and she even did some commission work. And so I was like, I've got to have you on the podcast because I want to talk about your experience, you know, and, and so that's one of my highlights. And I think we did that in March too, which is like, um, like that was National, a great episode. Yeah. National women's month, I think. And so it's also cool to highlight people from, you know, all the genders, you know, who play and participate in paint. And so, um, and so, yeah, yeah, no, I've, I've enjoyed it. It's been a, it's been a great, it's been a great run we've had. So, um, yeah, so it's cool. Um, Here's so here's the thing. Um, I I'm not done hobbying. I'm not done playing. Right? Like like I'm I'm actively playing uh, Kings of War right now, which I'm turns out really enjoy, uh, like really really enjoy. And so that's kind of fun. And but I have you know tons of stuff back on my hobby desk that you know to be working on and that sort of thing. Um, but I wanted to ask this question of you guys, and uh, and. And I don't even know where I got the idea, but uh, but it's the whole idea of a white whale. So, like a white whale, you know, is hard to like. It's that it's that thing that seems almost unachievable or unattainable. Like like you're always like searching for the white whale. I guess if you're a whale hunter, I don't really know the like the roots of the phrase. But but um, but I thought maybe we could talk about uh, by way of of uh, of of. Uh, just sharing a little bit more about ourselves. What is your white whale when it comes to the hobby? I, I got a, I got an answer. I love it. Go for it. Uh, so, so for me, uh, I, I started playing RPGs and stuff in the, in the early eighties. Right. And, 
and uh, Gen Con was a thing and had been a thing for you know maybe eight years or so, mm-hmm. right? Originally in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, right? <clears throat> and uh, people would get together and 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 game and 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 talk about gaming and miniatures and it wasn't it, it sort of evolved it wasn't just D, right and you would see you know you would get um polyhedral magazine or dragon magazine or dungeon magazine and, and even you know white dwarf would sometimes talk about conventions you'd see all these folks getting together and you know pre-internet you know my young little mind like was like wow that's that's where you're gonna learn what's going on in the industry and get tips on things and and talk to designers and authors and um i always always wanted to go and i came so close a couple times to going you know either on a you know my my dad had a business trip nearby but you know something happened where it would get changed and i and i wasn't able to and watching gen con kind of organically change over the years and now it's like it's like a it's like a outgrew itself it's like a mm. I don't even know how many people are there now, 50,000 or something, comma, or, or it's something ridiculous, right? Huge. It's like a, yeah. It's an absolute economic event for where it's at, and it's not even in Wisconsin anymore. And I think it's sort of grown above just, you know, tabletop and wargaming, and, and, and is, there's like comics and movies, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, I but I part of me is like I, I still want to go. And yeah. I know that if you go, you know, you, you can't possibly get it all, see it all, do it all. But, you know, for me, I always wanted, you know, to go to one of those big conventions and, and meet some of those people. And I did get to go to a, a few smaller ones on the West Coast. But, you know, for a long time, going to Gen Con was like, you know, the the, the mecca for nerds in the 80s, right? That you would, right. You know, would talk to people and see all these sneak previews that, you know, you, you, now you can just kind of watch on YouTube or whatever. But... Uh, it always frustrated me, and then hilariously, um, my friend and I were saving up, and we were going to go when um, COVID happened, and um, they uh, they nixed it. So, <laughs> we, so I missed it. That was like the third time that I didn't get to go in my life. Wow. And, uh, we had everything planned out. So uh, certainly my white whale uh, continues to frustrate me. Um, I think I'm going to give it another stab in a couple years when my kids are just a, a little bit older. Um, but you know, the, the idea of going to a, a big convention with all of, all of the artists and people that, you know, you spend all this time consuming their entertainment and their products and yeah. you have a chance to talk to them. I, I, you know, I, I would like to think that it, that's gotta be so inspiring and that you would just learn so much and soak it all in, um, probably to the point of it being overwhelming, you know, now that there's so many people there, but, um, even smaller gaming conventions that, you know, I have such fond memories of going and talking to uh, RPG authors and, um, you know, famous people who, who paint miniatures and getting tips and techniques and stuff. And so uh, that that's kind of my thing that has continually eluded me uh, throughout mm-hmm. my life. Um, I don't know if either of you have ever been, but, uh, you know, everyone no. that has always comes back you know, with a suitcase that they had to buy full of stuff that they purchased and uh, ran out of space for and all these great stories about, you know, all these industry giants. And for a lot of, you know, a lot of the RPG ones, you know, they're, they're either passed away now or they're getting old. So I, yeah, I think, I think my window closed on meeting some of them, right. Some of them are still around, but yeah. Um, no Gary Gygax. 
I did. So I did get a, I did get to meet him when I was 14. Oh. Uh, and I actually played in a two hour game with him. He was at a convention and I, and I, uh, signed up and got to play in a game with him. So that was, that was pretty amazing talking to him. Mm. Um, certainly like some of the other, you know, famous folks I would love, you know, like Ed Greenwood and stuff. I would love to pick his brain even for like yeah. 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, so I would, I would love a chance to go to, to go to Gen Con. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good white whale. Yeah. What about you? What about you, Curtis? Well, I'm, I'm kind of on the same lines as, as Perry is that like, when I was a kid, I used to enjoy comic books, and so I would go to the convention, which the the big one in the, my area was WonderCon, out of the San Francisco mm. Bay area. Mm. So I used to go to that, and I had friends that loved going to San Diego Comic Con. This is back in like the early '90s, late '80s, I think. And so going there was a totally different experience than it is now, because to go there it was more pure comic books with a few people related to like the book industry. So like Terry Brooks and Ari Salvatore were there one of the years. And so it was, it was a much different thing. It was still overwhelming for me because my friends were just like, they wanted to see and do everything. And my mindset was still in the like, let me go see comic books and some of the artists. And after about a half day, my brain just kind of reaches overwhelm level and says, okay, I'm ready to go. But, uh, I, I'm wondering if Gen Con might be kind of the same thing. Like, I think that hmm. sometime maybe in the early 90s would have been like the ideal time to go because it was big enough. They yeah. have a lot more variety and broadness. And some of the, the key creators for the industry as we know it today were there. I just wonder now if it is too much of like going to San Diego Comic Con now. It's it's all about here's the movie releases happening and whatnot. I just wonder if it's Gen become Con's a bit of a marketing way. event, right? Yeah, if you're yeah. going to be releasing something big, it's always a Gen Con. Here's yeah. is coming out next year. So, yeah. I mean, even even some of the other companies I know that have usually done like the circuit, it's really just if if they'll have one stop, it's always Gen Con. Yeah. And so that's where the big announcements happen. So I just wonder if it, I'd still like to do it. I think it's, it is on my, my bucket list. It's just, I don't think it'll yeah. be quite the experience that I would hope for because I'm a person that doesn't do well in, like very crowded and packed areas it gives me really bad anxiety so it's like okay i'd like to do it so i could say i did it and i would sure i would enjoy it it's just i think while i'm there it'd be kind of like there's just too many people here and too many things to see and my brain is about to explode with you know overwhelming stimulus yeah yeah i've seen some like you know handicam walkthroughs that you know gamers have taken of like you know their saturday there or whatever and it's just, it just goes on and on it's just like never ending. I'm like, oh my, yeah. oh my gosh, there's like so many exhibit halls for so many different things. Like, I, it, it's madness. Like how large it is now. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's gotten out of control. <laughs> I think it would be fun though. <clears throat> yeah. So, so Curtis, Gen Con's your white whale as well, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. I think it, as far as like major things, but I mean, yeah, on a, a smaller level, it really is stuff like to me it's about people like people i meet yeah that i've really grown fond of it's like oh man i want to play a game with them and in some cases it's going to be a tabletop game or role-playing game use it's for me it's role-playing games are kind of my thing right now but yeah i think it it usually revolves around the people but there are still some games that i i think it's it's again it's a spectrum of things it's it's here's some people i want to play with but here's a game i want to play and here's yeah 
you know, like what, what can you find in the area? So like, there's part of me wants to learn to play at a competitive level of Warcry because I feel like it's an easy enough game for me to understand and get into. It's just, I haven't found that community where it's, you know, I'm sure if I went to Ordo Fanaticus, there, there's a community there. It's just, yeah. it's, it always seems to be whatever days are like Warcry days or the days I already have something already scheduled like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also like, Malifaux on my radar. I, I love the miniatures. I love the the setting. I love the diversity of the like the cultures that are in it. I think you know, they, they just have so many good things going for it and I want to play it. It's just I haven't found the local community that plays it. So maybe it's a convention thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Malifaux is something you can easily travel with, big, you know, fewer yeah. few amount of models and stuff. Um I know pre-COVID, Malifaux was basically a PGS game. So yeah. at Port Portland Game Store. So um yeah, I was I was thinking about those for my white whale, like you know, Gen Con or LVO or Adepticon, like the you know, like the major big events. And I think eventually I'll probably end up doing those things. Um, you know, but but I I was thinking about it in a different way in terms of like hobby. And so my answer is actually, it might be surprising to you and it might not, I don't know, um, Napoleonics. Um, I think when you think about like traditional, like war gaming, and you think about literally hundreds of models on the table and, you know, facing off against each other, you, you know, Napoleonics is what you think of. And, you know, and you think of the, the bright blue, you know, uh, overcoats with the, with the white stripes and, and the red and, you know, just like toy soldiers, you know, just marching up and down, you know, and it's, and it's black powder. So there's not any, no real high tech, you know, you have your range and you have stat and your melee stat, you know, and, and, um, and so I don't know, for me, uh, it feels like, like if I were to, you know, start that and, and do that, and, you know, it would take me years to complete a project like that, you know, especially if you do it like at the 28 millimeter scale, which is the scale I would probably want to choose, I think, just because I'm familiar with that size and, you know, and it, and it, it would look more impressive on the table versus like six or two, even two. Lots of a lot of painting. There's a two yeah. millimeter. Yeah. yeah, there is two. There is a two meter, oh mil two millimeter scale. Yeah. But you're right. It is a lot of painting. And yeah. but like. But like if you did like Napoleonics at six millimeter, I mean that's fine. You could do that, but um, but it you, you know it wouldn't look as clean or crisp as yeah. you know as if you were did it on twenty eight and you know to have these like stands of four guys you know and with their muskets and everything and just it just it just feels like like that would be an amazing like project to work on lifelong and and I actually know someone who. Uh, who is, you know, into historical wargaming and and has some Napoleonics and was given uh, uh, his dad's Napoleonic army. And so he's like, so he's like, I've got tons of stuff. So he's like, so he's like, I'm going to do this great big game one day. And when I, and when I do, I'll have you over. And, you right know, on. and yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, that's awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, I don't know. And plus I think, you know, you know, my listeners can't see me, but my beard is starting to the white patch that's on the chin 
is starting to get a little bit bigger. And, and so I wonder, you know, maybe I'm old enough now to do historicals. <laughs> the grog guard face. Yeah. Maybe I've reached that phase of my life where I can play fantasy and sci-fi. That's true. But now it's, I got to roll his, with history. So, but, um, but no, I don't know. I just, yeah. When I think about Napoleonics and when I see Napoleonic battlefields, they just look so amazing. I've been watching a lot of battle reports on YouTube lately. And yeah. so it's, that is definitely my white whale. So, and you know, yeah, but that's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a original, right? It's been around for a long time. I know, you know, and you think about all of like, you know, like the Peter Cushing's and the, yeah. you know, and the HG yeah. Wells and all the original old school guys, you know, that's probably what they did, you know, and, this kind of sounds silly. Yeah. My first exposure was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Because I don't know oh. if you've seen that. Where yes. there's like it's like two crazy older guys with like one of them's lieutenant or something, where they're like set up my army and they're rolling like old drums at each at each other's armies and rolling them down. I'm like, wow, is that the really the way these things are played? I think these crazy <laughs> people, these old people might be a little crazy. Yeah. 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 I uh I like for some reason I like that movie as a kid. My wife hates that movie, and so I've never like rewatched it. So I don't know if it's even worth watching. <laughs> Maybe just to find that scene. I don't know. <laughs> oh, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so there's there's our white whale. So I guess I would ask, you know, any of our listeners, you know, if you're you know, if you think about, you know, your your you know, exposure to the hobby and stuff. Is there something that, you know, that, that sort of eludes you and, but, you know, inspires you that maybe you would describe as your white whale, you know, go ahead and, you know, post it, say something in the discord chat about it and start a thread. And maybe we can all find out what it is that we're all seeking. You know, we might, we might learn something new about each other, but yeah. Yeah. So that's what I, that's what I noticed too is, and, you know, you find people who are passionate and about whatever and, you know, and there's something out there for everybody. That's what I love about this hobby. So, yeah. Um, what uh, I have a couple more questions that I do want to ask, but I want to ask them towards maybe the end of the episode. And so um, what are you what are you guys working on right now? Why don't you share kind of like what are you working on? And I would, I would love just to find out what's on your hobby desk. What do you got, Perry? Okay, uh, uh, there's 20 I, things I, on his desk. I got a lot here uh, on my desk. I'm working on two things. Um, so my uh, one of my longtime best friends I've uh, known forever is uh, getting back into Warhammer, and uh, he loves orcs. And uh, so I, I told him if he got an orc army, I would paint it for him. So I've been painting nice. up his orcs, uh, going through. It is a bit of a slog. <laughs> when you you got I got forty troops on my desk right here staring at me, and I'm about ninety percent done with them, and then I'm going to move on to some vehicles. Wow, hey, Perry, I like to play forty k, but I don't know how to paint. Can you paint my army for me? <laughs> yeah, um, I would only do it for this guy because I've known him forever in my life, and he's always been so supportive oh. of me. Um, yeah. He so tried to paint. He he gets very frustrated with painting, and. Um, not his passion so uh i told him i would help him out so thanks i'm doing that and then um i my main army i've been playing is dark eldar but i i want to 
branch into something different. So I, I bought some Nurgle uh, Chaos Demons uh, that I've been painting. So nice. Very fun. It's very organic scheme. Um, you know, very kind of disgusting and sickly. So it's kind of fun to try out some of those colors. And uh, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a good time. So uh, I'm going to have that as kind of a side casual um, army and then still, you know, work on my Dark Elder from a competitive standpoint. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I didn't know that you were doing Dark Eldor competitively. Yeah, I've been to, what, four tournaments this year, so I'm getting better, and uh, it's been going well. I just went to a uh, a two-day uh, GT tournament up in Olympia last weekend, um, and uh, there were some really good players up there. But I, I did pretty well. I did, like, 23rd, um, which, you know, considering the people there, not, not half bad. And yeah. then I think I came in, like, second or third for best overall painted voting which is which is pretty humbling um nice and uh yeah. actually i and i took them to um the seattle the seattle open i did a crusade league there and won uh best painted at that league which was very humbling and they made me go up on stage and everything so that was that was <laughs> pretty cool uh and uh, they had some neat prizes and then uh yeah they've been running um one day tournaments at root and board uh, about every other month that i've been i've been playing there and, and doing nice. it as well so yeah, it's um, it's a it's a, it's a lot to learn because there's a lot of different armies and you gotta you know you gotta learn how to play pretty quick. But it it's also been satisfying, um, certainly to kind of get those skills going. And I think a lot of what I learned playing War Machine does does translate in a way, right? Your different uh, different approaches and and how you handle you know where you want to move your army and taking objectives and and screening and holding things and stuff like that. So. Um, it's been really satisfying and I've met some really amazing people, um, really friendly folks. And, uh, it, and it's also pretty diverse. There's, there's a lot of different, different folks enjoying the hobby and it's, it's cool to meet and interact with them and, and hear why they like it and why they got involved. And, um, and, uh, it's also interesting, like you don't just see space Marines, right? Which when I, when I kind of, kind of got back into it, I was worried that might be the case because they're you know, Space Marines is kind of the poster child, right? But right. it's uh, everyone's like playing different flavors of of this and that, and and you just see a huge you know variety of of uh, what what folks are bringing to the table, and and you know sometimes you get your butt kicked, but at least it's fun and satisfying, and you're like, oh wow, I didn't know that army could do that. You know what I mean? And you and you have a great experience. So uh, it's been very enjoyable, and um, yeah, planning on doing more next year for sure. Uh, Nice. Great. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. What are you working on, Curtis? I have one of the most boring hobby desks because it sits there and says, what are you going to do? And then every <laughs> once in a while, I pick something up and say, hey, you know what? You know what will inspire me? Spending some more money on something. Mm -hmm. So I'll buy something. And so my latest is a, I got a product called, what is it? Dirty Down Rust. And so it's a, it's a tiny a pretty tiny bottle. Think of like a big games workshop bottle, but it's supposed to be talent in a jar and it costs 20 bucks a jar. Wow. But it, it's, it's, I've seen people do it to where you just take a fairly plain looking model and you, you dabble it on and it rusts it out. And then mm. you come back in with a, a wet paintbrush and you dabble a little more and it, it makes it even cooler. Right. On. At this, at this point, mine looks more like, it's weathered. Okay, now it's less weathered. Oh, it's weathered again. 
I never quite get the rust effect, but it, I think it definitely is a, I think you have to have a, a lighter base underneath it for it to really uh, pull the proper colors out because I did on kind of darker colored miniatures, like a black, it does next to nothing, but even mm. like a darker colored one, it more like it kind of gives a weathered around the edges look. So I'm going to have to experiment with a little more. Uh, the other thing I picked up is my girlfriend is really into roller derby. In fact, today she might become president of the biggest league in the world. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's she's been told by essentially the CEO they would love to have her as president. So kind of that's awesome. Kind of in honor of that, I I got some miniatures. I did not know they were out there, but there are actually two different companies that make roller derby miniatures. So I think I'm gonna that's make awesome. I'm, I'm gonna have to say it quiet because she might be hearing in the other room. Oh. I think I'm gonna make like a little uh roller derby award or something for her, like a presidency type thing. Nice, like a diorama or something. Something. But yeah, there's okay, cool. a, a bunch of them. Nice. So nice. I just picked up a bunch of those also. I love the fact that there literally is miniatures for everything. Um, shortly after the, the queen passed, um, I was on uh, Squidoo Miniatures. And she has a picture of the queen and, and the queen mum. So the queen when she was like a teenager or something, or in her early 20s, when she was serving in the like their, their, their armed services. And it's got her crouching like she was working on a tank. And then, you know, and so I bought those, the, the two miniatures for that. And I haven't made much progress on them, but I have them. And so I was just thinking about how you bought roller derby models and I bought those. And so I've actually been very good about um, about new purchases this year. I've been, uh, I've been buying fewer things uh, than previous years and being more selective about, about models exclusively you know, realizing that like, um, I'm starting to think about my army lists differently. And so I sort of have like this, like collection, like this collector's brain, you know? So like, I want to get everything with the same keyword or something or the same that all play together and all this stuff. And I realized that that's, you know, I really need to do is just build out a list and slowly added that list. And, you know, and it, and I've been finding a lot more satisfaction with that. So so with that being said, um, on my hobby desk, I've got some orcs for Kings of War that I've been working on, and I'm uh, they're fantasy orcs, and and I'm rebasing them in uh, to different sizes because with with Kings of War, it's a rank and flank game, so you have troop size and regiment size and horde size bases, and you have to have a certain number of models on those bases in order for it to sort of count too, you know. And so, um, but, uh, but I, uh, one of the things that the orcs don't have is, is they don't have any flying units except for one. And it's a crudger, which is like their solo guy. And he's riding a winged beast. And he honestly looks a lot like, um, in, uh, you know, in uh, fantasy Perry, um, there's a, there's an orc model. that's like a, like a cabbage looks kind of like a cabbage, but it's like a, <laughs> yeah. you, know, talk, you know, like, like a, it's like a dragon thing. Yeah. So I basically have the Kings of War equivalent to that now. Right. And so, so big, big chunks of resin that I have to trim <laughs> off and clean and, and assemble. But, but I'm really excited about that because, because then he can sort of be like my general and, and he's a flying unit. And so he's going to, uh, flying units give me, give me a hard time in Kings of War right now. And so now I can I can counter that a little bit. So 
but uh, but I got those on my, on my desk and 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 I did pre-order the army box for you know the storm knights or whatever they are storm mark four yeah storm mark four so so when they when they whenever they arrive so they'll be on my desk as well but um yeah no napoleonics yet even though it's my white whale no napoleonics so okay that's cool that is cool yeah see i love this i love how we have uh, a wide variety of things that we're you know that we all work on and everything like that so so uh so it's our birthday episode it's also going to be our sunset episode for a while and as i mentioned at the top of the episode um i'm going to hit pause on the project and um you know and in the future revisit whether or not we want to bring it back um there have been some questions for some folks our discord server is still going to be around it's it's very active people are on it just about every day and and um you know and talking about all kinds of things and so that'll still be still exist which means things like our monthly book club uh will probably continue uh, that's you know that we have a, a group of folks that are you know that are good dedicated to that and and so that'll continue and 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 during covid we were doing paint nights and um those kind of fizzled when people started going out into the world again and so i i don't know if we'll do paint nights again um they're sort of hit and miss and random and some of the, Hey, what a paint tonight. Sure. And that works. Um, but, um, but the community side of the project is going to continue. And I think that's one of the things that, that I ha- appreciate the most that have really brought me a lot of joy. You know, you know, I like talking about games and, and I like it, you know, you know, recording podcast episodes, but it's the stuff that happens in between the episodes. That's, that's what made this project so good for me. You know, and it's, and I say the word project, it's not even a project. It's been fun. You know what I mean? So it's been really great getting to know people. And, and some of the, you know, my closest friends are in the hobby. So um, so that's what, that's what works. So what I want to do as we sort of shift towards the end of this episode and, um, you know, and finally say our goodbyes, um, I want to ask you guys, um, and I didn't ask you this ahead of time, so this is completely on the spot, and I realize that. But um, you know, but what advice would you give to someone who is starting the hobby now? And what advice would you give someone who is coming back to the hobby? Oh man, I mean, I kind of have that in my 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 good friend getting back in, right? Yeah. So uh, it's been interesting watching him reengage. So when we were young. We, we played, you know, Rogue Trader, Warhammer with our other group of friends, right? And uh, we played for a long time. And one of those group of friends, you know, sadly passed away. And I think that kind of fractured everybody into different things. And I, I went off and did War Machine. And he kind of just got into video games. But, you know, mm-hmm. he would always ask me about Wargaming. I think he missed it, right? So when I said I was going to get back into Warhammer... He was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna join you. It's been a long time. And he hadn't played since like fifth edition, like yeah. 15, 16 years ago. And he was like, What are all these rules? What is even going on? Um, he just, you know, he soaked up YouTube. Uh he was like, Wow, the the content on YouTube is amazing. Like there are people running fully edited narrated battle reports 
Yeah. Everything is painted. The terrain is amazing. They're explaining what's going on. These are things that didn't exist 10 years ago, eight, eight years ago, really. And uh, he just like soaked it up and he got so excited. He almost got too excited because he's like, I saw this and I wanted to buy this. And then I watched this and I, and I was like, yeah, you got, you got to like calm down. Like, you know, you get, yeah, you're going to drop like a couple thousand dollars on, on orcs and, and not be able to play it all. So let's, <laughs> let's ease into it. You know what I mean? So, and, and then, you know, he was watching competitive videos and, and I was like, well, look, let's be honest. Are you going to, are you going to compete in the next two to three years? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, well then let's just get some fun stuff to like yeah, play at the house with some people. And then, if you feel like you want to get competitive, then you can start looking at because I, I, you know, one of the things I'll say is I, I think any hobby or gaming or otherwise or video game or magic cards, I, I think the, the competitive circuit influences everyone else. It does. Yeah. And, and they're like, this card is good or this model is good or this rule book is good or you know, this is solved or whatever they say, right? And and then and then all other permutations are are garbage or whatever. I, yeah. I you hear that and you see that, and I, my advice is like, man, don't if you're not even competing, like, doesn't matter. Like, go have fun. Buy buy the stuff yeah. you want to buy the stuff you want to paint or play or buy the books you want to play or the games you want to play. Right. That's right. And so he did that, and he's and I and I and I think that was good. So he's still engaging with YouTube, but he's just he's a little more. Um, just, you know, putting discretion on what he wants to consume. There is so much on YouTube on any gaming hobby. You cannot possibly like consume it all. So you got to like kind of throttle that. And and I, you yeah. know, I myself, I work from home and it's very easy to just put on stuff while I'm like working. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of it will, I'd be like, man, I want to go buy all that. And it's like, well, let's, I got to focus on what I'm already working on. <laughs> yeah. or it's very easy to, to be like squirrel and, you know, and get totally distracted. Um, so I, so that would be like my advice is like, you know, go, go consume all of the amazing stuff that's out there that, you know, didn't used to exist. It's like the golden age of gaming information, right? You want to learn yeah. how to paint something? There's a video on it. You want to learn how that's to right. RPG? You want to learn how to be a dungeon master you know that used to be like a lot of people's white whales back in the day people were very intimidated on how do i run a DD campaign i want to watch it be done the right way you know back in the 80s and 90s people were like mystified on the right way to do that and now there's just so much good material right yeah so like you know go go figure that out but also just you know limit limit yourself so you're not you don't feel so overwhelmed by it all right like if you go if you go watch a miniature painting video of like Darren Latham or whatever, who's painting golden demon entries, maybe you should be watching a video on how to do tabletop stuff instead of, you know what I mean? Like maybe Duncan Rhodes or something a little bit more accessible. Yeah. So I just, you know, tell people that like, Hey, when you're going to go, it's cool to go see that really high level stuff, but is it going to intimidate you or is it going to bring you along where you need to be? So just be cautious. Yeah. Of this. Um, so that's kind of my thing, you know. It, it, YouTube is like so much great stuff on there, and, and and a lot of positivity. There's a lot of really positive folks that are, um, you know, obviously they get paid for having videos on YouTube, but they're they're spending a lot of their time to yeah. bring knowledge to the masses. And it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, you you can 
anything you can think of, there's going to be, <laughs> there's going to be a gaming video on it. It's just really cool. And I, you know, I've started getting my, my son is turning six and I've started getting him into some watching some stuff and he's getting interested in it. So it's pretty cool to, you know, get, get that kind of exposure. So yeah, that would be, that would be my answer. And certainly um, watching my friend Paul kind of, go through that it, it's been very very beneficial for him to be like well how does this army play well i'm gonna go watch some battle reports and and see right so yeah, yeah. that's what we've been doing right on right on by you curtis man there i mean there's so many aspects of it of like helping someone that wants to get into it or get back into it i just think it's a lot of things that perry has said i think youtube has some of the best and worst stuff out there and sometimes it's the same person. Like there's a guy. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a guy I got into that I like early in my painting career. He's just over the top WWE, you know, personality. Joe Dog. Some yeah. Dog painting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next level painting. I mean, I, I I both love and hate him because he is actually a legitimately good painter. But there are some things that I learned from him early on that I'm like. Oh, that's a really bad technique that I shouldn't be doing. So I shouldn't be backwashing my brush because it mungs up the you other know, on the inside, and that's not a good thing. Mm. But you know, it inspired me to become a better painter. And so, you know, that you take the good with the bad, but also yeah. like on uh, the war cry side of things, that I've kind of gone down a rabbit hole. There's a guy that is probably the the best content producer on YouTube that's that's telling you. Like, here's what's happening in the scene. And it gives you an idea of with the changes that are, have gone on, here's all the things you need to learn. And here's the direction the community's going. And it's mm -hmm. like an ever-evolving thing. So if you want to play the competitive side, or even if it's just in the spirit of, like, learning, he has that. But he also has stuff where he, like, there was one convention he went to, his competitive level game, and, like, the person that came in third had basically just a starter box. Like, he bought the start collecting... I forget what's called chaos horde. That's not what's called, but and he's like, I didn't realize. Like it, it wasn't until he's actually producing the video they went, "Hey, wait a minute! I just realized that's the starter box." Hmm. So for a very, you know, ninety dollars, hundred dollars, whatever it is, you can have a competitive army. So stuff like that, I think, is I would, you know, push people towards that side of things, saying, "Yes, yeah. it's okay to to think about competitive, but you're also going to realize most people probably aren't paying." playing at the competitive level. And if you do start using some of the tricks at the competitive level, you're going to ostracize yourself from the community yeah. because like there's a, one of the pieces from like the previous, like version one of war cry that they said, here's the one I'd recommend if you're playing competitive, but if you're playing casual, don't play it because mm. it's basic ability is I can fly halfway across the board, basically walk up within six inches of another model and say, you have no turn. And so, like, you just negate their best model. And I'm like, yeah, I can see where competitively that's a great, I've shut you down. But if I was the person that had their, like, super cool model and someone comes up and goes, you can't do anything this turn, I would be mad. Yeah, yeah. So I think there's a, I think at least some of the content producers are showing both sides of things. But like you said, with, like, the painting side, the hobby side, I think it's real easy to find people online if you want here's how to pay a miniature in 30 minutes or less they're there yeah is there still a learning curve yeah but is is it still going to be investment well there's always going to be investment in time and and paints and things like that but 
you know, if you want to have a really solid paint job for a very minimal effort, it's out there, but I think it just can be daunting. And so I think with any of these, the best thing you can do is number one, be brave. That's the thing I still, even though I've been in, you know, involved in painting and playing games and stuff, it's the bravery is still a reminder of like, you can just walk into a store and if people are playing a game and it interests you, just walk over there, check out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And if it's a pause in the action on one side, you say, hey, just can I ask you a couple questions? Almost everyone you'll talk to is very forthcoming and welcoming because yeah. maybe they're struggling to find people to play that game or maybe they just want people to know what it is they're doing and like inspire you to play or something. You know, it's there's always people out there that will if you're if you will step up and say, hi, what are you playing or what are you painting or whatever you do, like people out there that will be glad to help you and i think help get you to whatever that first step or next step is so yeah i think that's the it's it seems stupid that i've been around you know some pretty impressive people but it always you know sometimes you meet someone that you didn't realize was like in the top of their game like they're highly respected by everyone else and you're just like i don't know it's some dude sitting there playing a game like don't you know who that is that's the world champ i don't know I just said hi. Yeah. So sometimes the door opens and other times it's going to be, you know, I don't know. Again, it's just the pretty brave. Say hi. Most, most people are cool about it. Like at the war machine tournament a few months back, I met one of the guys that was supposed to be one of the best in the world. I'd always see his name come up on, you know, here's, here's the top 10 in the world kind of thing. And I'd met him and I'm like, first thing he did is I was just standing there at the table. I wanted to give him his space. He just looks over and says, Hey, how's it going? I'm Corey. If you have any questions, so let me know. And I was like, whoa, that guy's actually pretty cool. And the more I watch him play, I'm like, no, that guy is really cool. So wait, someone can be the like the best in the world and still be a cool guy? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you guys touched on, you know, the YouTube thing. And, you know, and I was going to say find a friend, you know, so in courtesy touched on that. And that was good. I think the only other advice that I think I would give is less is more in the sense that you know it's easy to just just start buying things (laughs) and you know slow it down and and ease into it uh because i think i bought way too much in the beginning and it's sort of you know sort of regretted it big old pile of shame you know and it was not a pile of opportunity because some of that stuff i did not actually ever finish so yeah, it can be easy to overwhelm yourself. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, thank you for, you know, you guys for being part of the journey with me. And I want to thank all of our listeners and, you know, and, and you know, and thank you uh, for, you know, for those that have been with us from the very beginning and for those of us that have jumped on along the way. I just want to say thank you. Um, our mission from the very beginning has always been to inspire you to play more. And so I hope that we have been that for you, uh, inspiration, inspiring. And, uh, and so, uh, we're, even though the podcast is going to, uh, hit, hit pause right now, um, you know, we're still, we're still around. So find our discord, that link will still work. And I would just love to hear from, from people. And, and if there's an idea popped into your head during this episode and, or a story that you want to share that really fits, 
you know, uh, hop on the Discord and, and start a conversation. And we'll be there and we'll respond. So with that being said, thank you, Perry. Thank you, Curtis. And uh, thank you to all the guests we've had over the years. Uh, this is this has been great and it's brought me a lot of joy. And so, but keep on gaming and have fun. Thanks. Thank you.